Welcome to Coffee with Closers, where we have genuine conversations about how businesses in various industries are cultivating fresh business. Hey, Shirley, thank you so much for thank you so much for the opportunity to interview. Appreciate the appreciate the time. I know you've been in the influencer space a long time. You shared a little bit about your history. Tell me, tell my audience a little bit about who you are and and what you do now. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. By the way, um, I'm Shirley Yang. I'm founder and CEO of Muses. We're an entrepreneur and creators network. We did start off as an influencer network in 2017 when we launched, which is really my background, right? Um, I've been in influencer marketing from I would say a 360 from the agency side, helping YouTubers. 6,500 YouTubers in 85 countries rise to fame, work with Fortune 500 companies, as well as work on the brand side. Um, came from NBC, Amazon, Fox, um, really entertainment studios for audience development, and then also cultivating my own audience through this process. Um, you know, cultivating an audience of following online, really as an experiment and walking the walk for myself. Um, you know, to see what this influencer marketing market is doing. You know, even in the past, I want to say two years, a lot has changed. And, you know, we're looking at the market, uh, it was so fragmented. And a lot of people say it was a wild, wild west. But really, we're seeing three buckets that I would really categorize influencer marketing. You have your agencies. Right, influencer marketing agencies. You have your SaaS platforms, the ones that really focus on search and discovery of influencers and the data component. And then you have your marketplaces, right, where it's really for people to transact, um, cutting out the middleman um, for influencers and brands to work together directly. And so, you know, it's really interesting seeing how the landscape has changed and seeing where it's going in the future. Um, and, you know, it's a privilege to be in this space and, you know, starting off as that and now transitioning to our gig economy, which is what Muses is focused on today. Makes sense. And I know most of your uh, current users are, uh, tell us a little bit about how people leverage Muse. Cool, yeah. So Muse's services, like I said, I want to say self-employed workers, um, freelancers, people in the gig economy, which is actually 36% of the US population today. Um, and it's 3.6 trillion global market, right? And so we're projecting that to be about 43% of the US workforce by 2020. And so if you think about it, everyone's a mini entrepreneur. You know, so many people have a side hustle that want to turn into a main hustle. Or there's so many people, especially the Gen Zs, graduating college, instead of going to a full-time corporate job, many of them are taking three or four projects, you know, freelancing, taking gigs, right? And so Muses really wants to empower this type of uh, workforce to be able to create and design a lifestyle that really truly fulfills them and make them happy. And so users come on to, you, to Muses for three things. Number one, to network with other entrepreneurs. Number two, to hire and get hired for gigs. Number three, to look for business prospects. Mm -hmm. So what have you learned building a, a business? Obviously you've been in the marketplace and you were an influencer. Yep. You also help brands in terms of growing their audience and things of that nature. Yep. What have you learned by building a business now? Okay, so, um, <laughs> 
your reputation is very important. Okay, so I think it comes with the territory, you know, being in the marketing landscape and branding landscape. I think it's more important today to really be authentic. People, everyone will Google you, will search you, look for you online. Um, I think it's something like 74% of millennials always look up a business's website or social media site before committing a purchase. Right, so I think it's very important for marketers or even you know founders, CEOs nowadays to cultivate that personal brand. Even if it's something that's private, let's keep it consistent, mm -hmm. right? You have to know that people can find you online in all different ways or through association. So I think maintaining a good reputation and living that authentic mm -hmm. uh, mission statement, whatever you put out there is very, very important. What are some other practical ways? I know if you look at Richard Branson or some of the key leaders in, the, in our today's world, they all have built a big personal followers and then they're also in the process helping their own businesses or their brands. What are some practical things leaders and founders should be doing from a building a personal brand at the same time helping the organizations that they represent? Sure, I think it really goes back to the mission statement mm -hmm. um, and also your why, right? Everyone keeps on going back to that for a reason. Yeah. You know, why did you find your found your company? What is its purpose? I think more and more as a millennial myself, you know, I'm not just gonna you know, consume any brand. I want to understand what it stands for. Mm -hmm. I want to know, um, you know, who are the people running the business and are they my people? You know, mm -hmm. do I align with their same kind of belief? So I think it's very important to really hone in on who you are, what you do, your why, um, what's that messaging to the consumers and actually practice that in real life if you're posting on social media, if you're sharing that on LinkedIn or any other social platforms, it needs to be consistent with what you do and what you tell people that you do. Makes sense. Obviously, you know, like Simon Sinek, he wrote an entire book yeah. about that with why. Um, so let's say if you have, you know, you're you're serving a massive audience, you have a lot of customers um, that you're you're servicing to, you know, especially if you, um, you know, if you had some bad customer service issues or something of that sort that came into the picture, how can leadership or organization as a whole can come alongside and leverage their social presence to re rectify the situation? So are there any practical examples that you've seen where Absolutely. they've done right? Or? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that because with social media, it comes with, you're an open book, you know, good, bad, ugly, people can comment however they want, right? And so I've had you know, customers or people come to me saying, hey, I don't want to be on social media because then I'm open to attack or I'm open to public opinion. Um, and same thing with creating campaigns, right? Working with influencers, you don't want to dictate, you know, to the T what they do. You can provide sentimental guidelines, right? But the whole point about working with creators is, is leveraging their creativity, uh, their content, on their platform, right? So you don't wanna dictate what people's messaging, their actual captions are for a post. You can provide them ideas. Um, and even if people have negative comments, that's just social media, right? It comes with, it again, comes with the territory. I think if there are things that are negative comments or you know not exactly what a founder or CEO would like to see, you address it. You know, 
not head on, but face to face. You address it in a very honest light and just reply to the person's concern or correct them if they're incorrect. Because guess what? People will take screenshots and you can actually you know, speak to your integrity if you address people um, under the light than trying to you know, avoid things like that. And to give you um, an example, so we are a young team or a small team of seven people. And um, sometimes we have some users that are not so patient with us. And I realize, you know, I think people forget, you know, they're, they're dealing with a startup, not necessarily a big company with a huge customer support team. So when sometimes users are incorrect and they're not very friendly, right? We will remind them, hey, we're sorry, we're fixing on this. At the same time, thank you for your patience. We are a tiny team built from the ground up and we're trying our hardest to make it work. When we use that sentiment, typically the reply we get back is, thank you so much, you guys are doing amazing and you've cultivated a loyal person who wants to watch you grow. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And I was very impressed by kind of some of the metrics that you gave me within one year, how big of an audience you've created oh, and you. the <laughs> amount of projects that you've been doing. So what are some of the hard lessons you've learned in the process of building a, a company like this? Well, I think some important lessons to learn is um, hire slow. <laughs> um, there are a lot of talented people out there, but team is essential. Mm -hmm. So definitely take your time interviewing, hiring the right people. Um, because when you're a small team, a startup, one person can impact, you know, they're, they're, they're a big percentage of your company. Um, the other thing is definitely remember your focus because there's so many things that you can do. Um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm very curious by nature. I'm sure a lot of, you know, founders are. Um, there are possibilities are endless, mm -hmm. but always remember what's your mission statement and see if the next step doesn't move the needle. If it doesn't, maybe that can wait. Makes sense. Well, I appreciate you joining us on this show. Of course. Wish you all the best with this new adventure later on. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks.